You sisters know that my skin has been glowing lately. And I'm here to tell you my secret. Oak Essentials. You've heard us talk about their line of luxurious products before, and we're so excited to have them as a sponsor of OK Sister Podcast because now you can join in on the glowy goodness. You know Oak Essentials is legit because it was created by none other than our favorite brand ever, Jenny Kane. Oak Essentials is known for its simple approach to self-care with a lineup of foundational skincare staples made with high-quality ingredients that drive results. It aims to unlock healthy, glowing skin with decadent and hydrating ingredients that give you a luxe, dewy glow. I won't shut up about the Moisture Rich Balm. It's a nutrient-rich balm that supports collagen production and delivers serious hydration for a luminous glow. And a luminous glow indeed. The way my skin feels like butter after applying this balm. This balm will make you never want to wear makeup again. And you can apply generously during your night routine to lock in moisture as you dream. It's the definition of beauty sleep. Treat yourself or someone else this season. You sisters will get 15% off and a free organic honey-based restorative mask with their first order. Oh my God, what a deal. When you use code OKSIS15 at checkout. That's right. 15% off plus a gift with your first order at O-A-K-E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L-S.com. Promo code OKSIS15, OKAYSIS15. Go ahead and treat yourself. From luxurious skincare to meaningful self care, you deserve it. Welcome to OKSIS Podcast. Hi, sisters. I'm Maddie. And I'm Scout. And we are sisters IRL. I'm the older one. Yes, Scout. We know. Here at OKSIS, we believe women are multifaceted. Which is why you can expect sisterly banter on a wide range of topics such as pop culture, our entrepreneurial journeys, and mental health routines. We promise it'll be informative. And silly. As long as you don't get too loud, Mads. Welcome to the sisterhood. Hello. Welcome back to OKSIS Podcast. It's Mads and Mads only. You are getting a solo episode from Mads. It's just me and you, girly. It's just me and you today. And I'm so happy you press play because it's Monday. Or I don't know what what day you're listening to this, but it's a day. And you're here. And I'm here. And we're going to have a blast. I miss our solo times. This is so fun. Um... Yeah, Scout and I, like, we went the whole week, and then it was Sunday, and we are like, oh, we don't we don't have an episode for tomorrow, and that is just how it, how it works, where um, sometimes you forget, and then you have to record a solo, so here we are. Okay, I have a lot of things we needed to catch up on. Um, as you know, I take these solo episodes, uh... I take this time as a solo episode to talk about more pop culture things, romance novels, TV, because as we know, Scout doesn't do any of those things. So if you're if you're also a romance pop romance girly, pop culture girly, um, and you care about those things, you're gonna love this episode because we're gonna get into it. All right. First of all, it's Halloween. Um, I'm a known Halloween hater. I did absolutely nothing for Halloween. I did not dress up. I don't know what it is. I'm I don't like spooky season. Um, you know, I do like scary movies, but just something about Halloween doesn't tickle my fancy. Is that the phrase? I think so. I'm I've just never been into it. Um 
unless I was in college and just like getting blackout blacked out every night. But I'm almost 30, you guys. And there it, it there is nothing worse sounding to me than going out to a bar and drinking overpriced drinks these days. And I don't know if that's a sign of maturity. And I was talking to a friend about this the other day where when I was young and I was going out every single weekend, getting so drunk and just having the time of my life, all my friends, I thought to myself, oh my God, there's going to be a a time where I, it's not like acceptable for me to be acting this way, or it's like not going to be fun anymore to do these types of things. And I was like, that's going to suck. That's going to suck for that time. That older me that's like, oh, I can't go out anymore. I'm not young anymore. No, it doesn't suck. Fast forward to current time Mads. I am so delighted that on Halloween weekend, Saturday night, I was in bed asleep by 8.30 p.m. And it was the best Halloween I've ever had. Like, it's I don't even miss it. That's the thing. And that's why I'm so happy that I don't miss it. Because it would be, you know, if, if I was almost 30 and I was like, oh, God, I, I'm still going out and getting blackout drunk. And that was like my version of fun. I'd be a little concerned. So I'm actually I'm grateful for my current self. That's so that's nice. I'm grateful for my current self. And I'm very happy that she no longer thinks deems that as fun. You know what I mean? So I'm grateful that my priorities are in line. If you went out and you dressed up, Godspeed. Love that for you. I obviously love a good time. Um, send me your costumes if they were clever. I like seeing clever costumes. That's the thing. If my costume, it, I, I would only like Halloween if I put any thought into it, which I don't. And I miraculously just came up with a very, very clever costume. Then I would be super into it, but I never take the time to do so. So that's why I'm just not into it. My favorite costume I've ever done, though, is when I was back in college. Actually, when I was at NYU, um, for sisters that don't know, I was I went to fresh. Wow. Sorry, I can't speak. Went to NYU for my freshman year of college, and then I transferred to USC. And for some reason, oh, I know the reason. It was Hurricane Sandy, the (laughs) The Halloween of freshman year, first semester, it was Hurricane Sandy. I had I knew no one in New York. I had to evacuate my dorm. And there was only an like there was no electricity. Everything was shut down. They they just expected us to leave their dorms. We had like a week off of school because there we were with no electricity. So all the metros and all the trains were stopped, except there was this, there was like one Metro North, like one uh, train that was going to New Haven. And I had a friend who was at Yale. Her name is Glory. She's still my friend today. And I was like, yo, bitch, I'm coming to Yale as a refugee. <laughs> like I'm coming. I need shelter and I need electricity. So I schlep myself. I remember running to Grand Central Station and schlepping all my, I was like schwitzing. I was freaking out. I was I was like so scared I wasn't gonna miss the train I got on the train went to Yale um the train I guess I didn't look at it right because it dropped me off I don't even know where it dropped me off in a random part and I had to take a $300 uber to get to New Haven so I remember calling my mom crying and being like what where am I I'm in the middle of nowhere and I don't even know where I am and I 
but I made it. Thank, thank God. And I, and uh, thank you, Glory. I, she slept on the couch for one week, as I, and I slept in her bed for a week, and in her twin, twin bunk bed, with like f- five other girls in this dorm and at Yale. And it was still my best costume yet. I remember I just like ran to CVS and got it. It was back. What was the year? Twenty twelve. So it was a, um, what a presidential election year. And Mitt Romney had said, like, I have a binder full of women. So then I was Mitt Romney's binder full of women. And I wore a binder around my neck. And I thought that was really clever. clever, Okay. That was like a good, I don't even care about politics or anything. And then there was just, you know, a lot of uh, Republicans at Yale. So they, they didn't really find it funny and they they didn't really enjoy it. So anyways, that was, that was my most memorable Halloween. Nothing has topped that. And there we go. There's there's my story time for you. So I hope everyone was safe this weekend and they got really cute Instagram photos. And let's let's fucking close the chapter because I am of the camp of I start celebrating Christmas after Halloween. I don't do after Thanksgiving. I am as early as possible. I'm going to start listening to my jazz Christmas playlist, which I typically listen to in the mornings to wake up. And as I'm working and I'm going to start to get my cozy Christmas candles and then we'll, we'll start going through the repertoire of of holiday classics. If you want me to do an episode on my favorite Christmas movies, let me know. Just so you guys know, I am Jewish. I don't celebrate Christmas. I'm just obsessed with Christmas and the holidays. So just so you know, um, I don't the day of Christmas itself. I just eat Chinese food and watch movies. But I enjoy the festivities, and there you have it. Okay, some other little updates. It's LK's birthday this week, which is super exciting. She is turning one years old. I cannot believe it. She's so big, and I just can't believe it's been one year. She's still the most precious human being, and uh, my heart just flutters every time I think of her, every time I FaceTime with her, every time I'm with her and I get to hug her and kiss her and smother her. She really does not like to be held, which is kind of annoying. Like she needs to grow out of that phase because she does not like to cuddle or be held. She was very independent. She wants to roam around and be free. She does not like to be held down. So whenever I grab her and start giving her kisses and smushing her and squeezing her, she starts crying. So I'm hoping that she'll grow out of that phase in the next year. But for now, she is still the cutest little babushka on the planet. And I'm going to go to San Diego for the day for her birthday. It's going to be a really, really busy weekend this weekend because it is also Ben's birthday. Ben's birthday is next week, but he, him and LK basically have the same birthday. And so um, this is going to be a tricky thing for the rest of our lives is because they're always going to celebrate their birthdays on the same weekend because it falls on like that same weekend. So it's going to be a logistical nightmare for the foreseeable future. But nevertheless, we made it work. It's going to be Ben's birthday on Saturday and then um, LK's birthday on Sunday. And um, I'm so, so excited to celebrate both of them. Two of my favorite people, LK and Ben June. What a, what a, November starting off strong. I can't believe it's November. What the fuck is going on? Ever since having a baby, I've been extremely conscious about what I spend my money on and which products I use. And clothing is no different. I want my wardrobe to be sustainable, good quality, and timeless. You have to be talking about whimsy and row, right? 
Whimsy and Roe is an LA-grown, eco-conscious brand born out of the love for cute, comfy, and classic styles. Every piece is made by women for women. Quality goods, local production, natural and organic fabrics. Yes, please give me all the linens. Just like OK Sister, Whimsy and Row is based on the idea that women are multidimensional. There's a balance of flirty feminine and minimal masculine in all of our wardrobes, and Whimsy and Row means exactly that. From special occasions to everyday effortless styles, their clothing is meant to mix and match and wear on repeat. I have been wearing their Kira pant in black linen probably three times a week. Sisters, if you've been listening to this podcast or following me on Instagram, you know that Whimsy and Rose Kira Pant in Black Linen is a sisterhood staple at this point. Founder Rachel Temko created the brand back in 2014 because she wanted to create an approachable and inclusive brand that cared for the people and the planet first. Get the full Whimsy experience IRL at their Venice location or shop online at whimsyandrow.com. Their store in Venice is so cute, I can attest. And if you're in LA, I highly recommend stopping by. They are always putting on these amazing community events. They just launched their spring-summer collection, and we will be living in it all summer long. Visit their website, whimsyandrow.com. That's W-H-I-M-S-Y-A-N-D-R-O-W.com and use code OKSISTER for 15% off. Sisters, my goal these days is to always look put together when I leave the house. Nothing over the top or super dressed up or anything like that. I just want to look put together and feel good about what I'm wearing in an effortless yet refined way. When I look at my closet every single morning and think about what I can wear that is chic and intentional, I usually end up grabbing one of my Jenny Kane sweaters and I always end up loving the way I look and the way I feel in them. You all know, sisters, that when I envision my highest self, I am wearing Jenny Kane. Their sweaters are the quintessential must-have item. I cannot stop wearing my Marina set. I throw it on and immediately feel like I'm in a Nancy Myers movie, like I could just walk on the beach in Santa Barbara. It is the coastal grandma aesthetic. My favorite Jenny Kane sweater right now is their everyday sweater in taupe. This is the definition of a staple that every woman must have in their wardrobe. Sisters, trust me on this one. I wear it with leggings, oversized jeans and a little kitten heel or a silk maxi skirt. Legit, Mads and I are so obsessed with wearing our Johnny Kane sweaters that we've literally shown up both wearing the same sweater once, the white alpaca cocoon crew neck, which is this deliciously oversized sweater. Yeah, that moment takes the cake. Both of us walking in with our matching Jenny Kane sweaters. We're obsessed. Can't take them off. Wearing them every day. The type of staples that save your outfit. That is what I love about their entire collection. It is truly the art of simplicity. They focus on comfort, quality, and timeless designs. You can curate a wardrobe that never goes out of style. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code OKSIS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order, J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code OKSIS. O-K-A-Y-S-I-S. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. All right. All right. All right. Next up on my list for all my Swifty girlies, 1989 Taylor's version. It is out. It is alive. And it is well. So I saw the Eras tour movie twice. And the first time there was like one person standing up the whole time dancing. I stood up for like a little bit. Um, people were screaming, singing, which was great. 
And then the second time, everyone was sitting down and no one was singing. So, I, I mean, I didn't care. I obviously was just screaming and singing at the top of my lungs. But um, great, great movie. Uh, fantastic. 10 out of 10, no notes. Um, I obviously, you guys know, I went to the air store. It was a whole saga that I documented on this very podcast. And, you know, we were behind the stage. Okay. So I, although I was in the vicinity, I'm very grateful that I was there and I obviously don't regret it. We did not see Taylor Swift. Okay. I I did not see her for a second. Like I saw her butt as she walked down the catwalk and that's great. She has a great butt, but I, and she was a little speck of a human. Okay. I did not, I could not see anything. We did not see the front of the stage. So I missed all of folklore. I didn't, I didn't see anything that was happening on the stage. They barely put it on the little video for us. It's like I was watching the movie, the Aerostore movie. So when I went to the movies, I was so excited because this was me actually watching it. This is me like seeing it for the first time. And it was so fascinating to see all the details and the dancers and the nails and her sweat on her face and the her how her hair started to you know become frizzy it's like girl relatable you know like my hair would have been so destroyed by the end if I first of all there would be no world in in which I could perform that way but um just the way that she her hair like coils and curdles by the end it's like relatable girl thank you thank you for showing us your truth and you know not trying to to hide it it's amazing when she stands there after cruel summer um I just looked at I went with Brett and Caitlin and I, I the first time I went with Lauren and her sister Kate and the second time I went with Brett and Caitlin and I just looked at Brett and Caitlin and I said can you just imagine can you imagine what that would feel like to be standing in 70,000 people have essentially taken out a second mortgage to come see you. That's how important you are to them. They are sitting there crying, so excited and delighted to see you. Can you even imagine 70,000 people, what that would feel like? And Brett was like, yeah, you'll never know. There's no, well, no one will ever understand that except for maybe her and Beyonce. And I just, I wish, I wish I could just feel that even for one day, what that would feel like. Oh God. Wow. Um, so I'm sure all of you sisters have seen the movie and, um, it was amazing, obviously. And our, our friend Hannah was actually in it at the very, very end, which was, which was super exciting. But, um, yeah, I I don't really know what else to say about it. It's like, it was just the entire, the entire show on, on the, in the movie. And it was, it was a good time. I'll, I'll go again. Like it was, it will never get old for me. I did go pee during Evermore. I'm sorry. Sue me. I'm sorry. There was too many songs from Evermore. Okay. Not enough songs from folklore, but too many songs for Evermore. The, it's not a stadium album, okay, and that's fine. Obviously, I love folklore to death, but I needed some more. I would have loved Death by a Thousand Cuts, Getaway Car, a little more Lover. Um, I mean, I would, I would, I want the whole Reputation. I, I should have just gone to Reputation. I can't believe I haven't, didn't go to Reputation. I recently watched the Reputation Stadium tour. Uh show movie I, I think it's on Netflix 
incredible. And you guys know I I only became a a Taylor Swift fan from reputation, which again, don't cancel me <laughs> for saying that. I also just want to normalize like people people realizing their mistakes and also people enjoying Taylor Swift and not having to be intense Swifties. Does that make sense? Like it also is fine to love her and enjoy her and be a huge fan of hers and not know every single <laughs> and not analyze every single <laughs> moment that her and Travis Kelsey and how they hold their hands and what that means. Okay. I just think there can be both and we can all live harmoniously <laughs> and end of my, end of my Swifty spiel. Okay. But 1989 is Taylor's version is out. All of the um, vault songs to me sound like Midnight's, which leads me to believe that a lot of them, and maybe there is a confirmation about this, or I- I'm not sure what the process is and in, in how she writes these, but I think a lot of the lyrics and uh, content of the songs and the words were written or at least ideated at the time of 1989. Like, I think she just looked through journals or old lyrics and things like that. But I feel like the beats and the actual rhythm of the song, that is done now. Because there was absolutely like no 1989 influence in those songs. They all sounded like Midnight's. Every single one. Suburban Legends is mastermind. Like, identical. I was, I'm even just even surprised that she she obviously knows I mean she knows her songs so it's like is she trying I don't it just felt very Midnight's coded and that's fine I love Midnight's but it just I wish they sounded more like that era of 1989 because it was fantastic and those songs are absolutely bops and bangers Midnight's to me doesn't feel as much as like a banger after banger. Like, yes, of course, we love Antihero, Midnight's, and Lavender Haze. But 1989, I mean, Blank Space, Shake It Off, Bad Blood. Like, these are fucking, like, I was transported back to my college years at USC, at the frats, like, fucking shaking my tuchus to shake it off to Bad Blood. Like, these were motherfucking bops and the vault tracks uh, although of course I I like the um what she's saying in them obviously there's a lot of tea with um our man Mr. Harry but they're not bops and I want some more bops I want some more like killer bops so if anyone is very into this stuff I would recommend listening to the every album every single album on the uh, ringer podcast they Nora Princiati they and uh Jason no Nathan Hubbard sorry there we go they dissect every single thing Taylor Swift every week I would highly recommend listening to them it is fascinating and they do a lot of the like sonic differences between the re-records and the even inflections in her voice and the producers and the instruments and they have they listen like beat by beat and tell you like the exact differences and get into the weeds with that so if you're into that type of stuff I would I would highly recommend okay next I want to talk about Dancing with the Stars so you guys know that I am a Dancing with the Stars stan I started watching with 
um, when Caitlin Bristow was on. So very, I'm a newfound stan. I don't like competition shows. I don't know why I just love Dancing with the Stars so much, but I am obsessed. And I'm obsessed with dancing shows. I'm obsessed with watching people dance and the celebrity aspect of it. <laughs> the they're really they were really reaching this this season with their definition of celebrity, but whatever. And I am so excited to tell you that I am going to be going to a taping of Dancing with the Stars. I'm freaking out. We were in touch with them through Camber, and I I don't know. I'm like just so I. I'm so excited to see how the sauce is made, what they do during the commercial breaks. What does it look like? What does the dances actually look like in real life? It's going to be fantastic. I'm sure we're going to be in the very back row, which is totally fine with me. I don't care. But, oh, my God, I am so delighted and excited about that. So I will definitely keep you guys posted and post a whole recap about it. All right, let's get into some romance novel stuff. I think I briefly mentioned on a previous episode that I was reading all of the Abby Jimenez um, romance novel series. That's like the first one is The Friend Zone um, and so on and so forth. And I just wanted to let you know that I have finished all of them. And if you are in, if you're looking to, if you're looking for like an introduction into romance novels, I think this is the perfect series. Okay. I'm also a known series hater. But that's okay. Um, I just became obsessed with this, with Abby Jimenez and her writing and the love stories and the sexiness. Some of them are more sexy than others. But here's my official ranking of her books, okay? So if you've read them, that's great. Also, all of them, you don't need to read them in order. The only ones you should read in order are the first two. The Friend Zone and then the Happy Ever After playlist, because if you read the Happy Ever After playlist first, it will ruin the friend zone. So those are the only two. But then the rest of the the rest of the books, um, they just take characters from one another. Okay, so my official ranking. I love the Happy Ever After playlist. You guys know I love a celebrity trope. I love, love, love when there is a celebrity or very famous person in a romance novel. It just... Something about it, the lifestyle, the luxury, the them bringing them on tour and just I just love it. So I really don't think this is people's favorite Abby Jimenez book, which is so strange, but that is my favorite. Okay, number two was The Friend Zone. I loved The Friend Zone. Um, I actually read it last year I want to say and it starts off kind of cheesy but then it gets really really good so that uh, the ending is more so why why I put it at number two because it was fantastic and then part of your world for number three this is most people's favorites and I completely see why I just didn't love the premise as much um it was like a you know city girl meets a small town boy and she has a big job and she doesn't want to mix the two and she keeps them a secret for a while and they go back and forth and it was great it was I mean I loved it I'm not trying to say I didn't love it but um I don't know I just liked other the other books the other books more but uh that that one people seem to really really enjoy because I see it on every single list and then number four was Yours Truly. This was her latest one, the last one in the series for right now. Very like Grey's Anatomy, fake dating trope. Um, 
I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, even though it's number four, I still, I really did. I really did love it. The last one, which I think you could just skip altogether, was Life's Too Short. I don't know what it was. The main character was an influencer, and I have yet to read a book that depicts an influencer in a non-cringy, corny way. Like, it was giving Emily in Paris depiction of influencer, where I, I just, I've never read or seen a movie or anything de- uh, depicting an influencer in just a non-cringy way. So that I didn't like I didn't feel the chemistry between the characters. I didn't like it at all. It it was just too much was going on. There was like a baby involved. There was really like weird hoarder stuff involved. I don't know. It just wasn't wasn't my cup of tea. So that's my official ranking of the Abby Jimenez books. Um another book recommendation if you're looking for extremely spicy this was probably the spiciest book I've ever read next to it happened one summer the nanny let me get you the um hold on the Lana Ferguson the nanny oh god this book is spice-tastic and the best part about this book is that there's not just like one or two sex scenes if you read a lot of romance novels you'll know it's like there's a build-up for 200 pages and then there's one explosive sex scene or two maybe at the end and that's it this book is like oh my god I think there is like 10 or 15 like crazy graphic intense long sex scenes okay but it wasn't again it wasn't cheesy like maybe it was a little cheesy but I really, I really loved this book. If you're just looking for straight porn, <laughs> basically, um, erotica, I would highly recommend it. And look, guys, reading romance for me is, it's just so good for the soul. I don't know how else to describe it. It's so good for your like sexuality and your pleasure, especially as a woman. It's so, I feel like we don't have a lot of, or at least I don't have a lot of like triggers or impulses in my life. I've talked a lot about having very low libido and these types of books, like just, they get you into that mindset immediately. And so it's such a gift to yourself. If you're, if you're trying to tap into your sexuality a little more, it just helps me to have those more mental triggers of, of, horniness I don't know how else to describe it I feel like men think about sex like every minute I don't know what that stat is it's like something insane where women it's just not as or at least for some women I'm speaking from my experience like it's not always top of mind so by reading these books like you I don't know sometimes I feel a little shame but I'm like no these are this is helping me in such a in a way that's just so different from just regular reading. It's also helping me in this other facet of my life in discovering my sexuality, tapping into it, being more comfortable, not feeling as much shame. So if you're looking for those types of things, I would really encourage you to start reading romance. Um, I think it's, it's obviously extremely mainstream, so I don't need to like really defend the genre, but um, if you have been looking to get into romance or if that's a goal of yours to increase your libido, uh, I would, I would recommend tapping in. Okay. What else have we got here? One, I am, I'm truly devastated about the passing of Matthew Perry. I, it was Saturday night. As I said, I went to bed at like 830. Uh, I got dinner at like five. I went to a Persian restaurant here in Los Angeles. It was so fucking good. I'm going to eat the leftovers right now. And my, uh, Ben's brother said, oh, Matthew Perry died. I was like, wait what it felt like that 
TikTok trend where someone says this person died, but they actually did it, which what a sick fucking trend. Can we just talk about that? But it felt like that where he was like joking just to see my reaction because I was appalled and devastated. Um, I'm a huge Friends stan and Chandler Bing is my favorite character. I watch Friends like every single night. I'm I've probably watched every episode 5,000 times. I could I could school any person in Friends trivia. I am just so sad and I want more not that like we we need to know, but I I need to know like what happened. Um they say it's a drowning. I I just can't I don't know. I think it was either a suicide or a drug overdose, which I ugh, just so so sad. And it felt it felt like he was doing so well and with his memoir and I don't know. And he was, but he was posting. If you go on it in onto his Instagram for the past like week, he was like posting really eerie things about Batman and him having a Batman signal. And the last post he posted was him in his hot tub, and it's. And people are commenting being like he was trying to tell us something or he's sending out the bat signal like this was him him asking for help like is he okay like why is he posting this way oh my god I don't know I got really creeped out and I'm just at a loss I feel so so sad and I'm, I'm waiting for all the rest of the cast of friends to say something so maybe they have by the time this episode comes out but wow I I really I'm really sad about that but um, just wanted to to uh, mention that because obviously I love Friends. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch some Friends in his honor. Oh God, sad. Okay, hard pivot. Um, this is where we'll close. A uh, little career update, I guess, or life update is Camber is now in the App Store, and holy shit, just saying that is pretty surreal and it's been enough in the words of Taylor Swift it's been a long time coming but yeah I've had a lot of interesting feelings about it over this past week because the moment we released it there was a bug <laughs> that came out which look it's such a startup life it's like such and not just startup just any entrepreneur will understand this like when you launch there's so many things that go wrong and it's things that you really you have no control over and um, th- basically three like major bugs popped up and they were they weren't anything I could have ever predicted because they weren't happening to me as I was testing them. So um, we didn't post on like Instagram or TikTok yet. We only emailed our newsletter subscribers and that community that side of the community. So we were, you know, got a lot of reports of these bugs. And so the developers are working on it now. So I held off on announcing it on social media just so that we get those covered and then I'll roll out on social media. So I I think the more why I'm telling you this and the moral of the story is, and I was texting Scout about this, you know, I haven't felt pride about it like full pride and excitement and joy because I know about all these bugs and I know that it's not perfect and it was a huge test to my perfectionism to also you know going against fear I felt so much fear you know oh my god if it breaks what will people think what's our reputation will they come back will they think we're just inept like all of these thoughts swirling of of low self-worth around this and 
I'm also, there's been a lot of frustration with the process of building this app, especially as a non-technical founder. I have, we've struggled a lot with the technical side of things. And there's also been a lot of resistance. So many of the facets of our business are flourishing. The TikTok, the content, the community, the events that we've been putting on, the brand partnerships are stellar, superb. There's so much abundance there. And I feel like when I think of that side, I think I feel so much pride and contentment and joy. But when I think of the app, I just get so like agitated and there's resistance. And I... And I'm, I'm telling you all of this and I'm being honest and vulnerable about this because it's a big, it's a big lesson that I've had to learn over and over again in my time as an entrepreneur is nothing is ever going to be perfect. You cannot wait until it's perfect to launch. And I really pushed out of my comfort zone. We could have waited until, you know, this, this bug was, there was also one bug that's not critical, but like the photos aren't uploading or something like that. Right. And I could have waited until that was done to release it. But I was like, no, this is against everything I've done in the past. And I know that it's never going to be perfect. It's the same way that we talk about putting out a podcast, putting out any type of content in the beginning. When you put it out, it's going to be shit, right? It's not going to be perfect. And you have to reiterate and iterate. If you wait until something is perfect, you're never going to launch it. You're never going to put it out in the world. And there's fear. I literally just listed all those fears. You probably have the same if you're thinking about putting out something into the world. Like, what will people think? Oh, no. What if something breaks? Oh, what if there it gets to the wrong side of TikTok and you get all these hate comments like I did with the fucking silent walking, right? All of those things are valid concerns and fears, but they should not prohibit you from moving forward and progressing. And so I had to remind myself that. I said, Mads, You've done so many things in the past where you just pushed through and it wasn't perfect and look where it got you. And and that's going to be the same in this situation. So we put it out and yes, there, and I, you know, had a ton of, and ton of anxiety. It felt like every single day there was a new bug that someone reported and I have no control, right? I'm not technical. I can't fix it. So I'm reliant on other people and it's been really hard to relinquish that control. I've done everything I can. You know, I've reported it. I've told them the priorities and I've and now I wait right now. I wait and we hope that it gets fixed very quickly and promptly. And then I can tell everyone, hey, this was fixed and we move on. Um, and it it's it's just hard when you put so much time and energy into something and it feels like you're taking one step forward and like five steps back. But this week, my intention and I I hope that you can also have this intention is to be able to sit and celebrate, although something might not be perfect, but to sit and celebrate that you did it anyways. And I need to push through. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do what I need to do to get it all ironed out. And that's fine. But I also equally as important, set aside time to truly feel joy and gratitude and pride for putting a fucking app in the app store like what and receiving all those beautiful messages and comments that people have been sending to us and people have been so patient with us and I I'm like I'm so grateful that people keep coming back and they still love the app even though it's like not working fully but that's fine and I don't know I'm I'm kind of all over the place with my I haven't really sat down and again, as I said, like celebrated it and felt pride, pride about it because there's been so many other things. 
but that's what it is to be an entrepreneur, I think. And um, there's a lot of shit behind the scenes that just people don't see and they don't recognize. And when you're so in the weeds about it, you don't you don't also zoom out and take that moment. So I am going to give myself permission this week to feel that pride and joy. And uh, if you want to download Camber, we did put it in our link in bio on Instagram. I'll be posting about it very, very shortly on all social accounts. But it's in my link in bio. It's in Camber. It's at Camber app in our link in bio. So you can download it. If you do have any issues or troubles, just DM me and I will get it to the developers. Um, but thank you again for being patient with this and follow me on Camber, Maddie Mayo. And then also if you follow the Camber Los Angeles account, that's where I'll be posting all of the Los Angeles specific lists um, and categorizing all of them there. And so moving forward, all of the more like niche lists and recommendations will be there and you'll be able to save all those places as places you want to go to or places that you recommend and see everything on a map view. And it is so cute. The app is in- so cute. I love going on it and I feel such like delight when I go on it just from how special the interface is. So I really hope you enjoy it too. And any feedback you have, obviously, please reach out to me and um, feel free to send me a voice note. You guys know I love voice notes and I will send you one right back. And I love you. Thank you for letting me do this solo episode. I really love solo episodes. I get to kind of um, divulge all my pop culture commentary, but also tell you about romance novels, which are like some of my favorite things to talk about. And I love you dearly. Please have the best week. Take care of yourself. Do something really sweet just for yourself because you deserve it, not because you like had to earn it, but because you deserve it and you're inherently worthy of treating yourself to anything that you that you want. Okay. All right. I love you, sisters. Bye. Hey there, I'm Dr. Tracy Dalgleish, clinical psychologist and couples therapist. If there's one thing I know from both my personal and clinical experience, it's that we are really good at comparing ourselves to others. We tend to get stuck in the unhelpful narratives that play on repeat in our minds, and we struggle to set boundaries and create healthy love. Each week, I bring you clinical knowledge and evidence-based research, experiences of sitting in the therapist chair, and being a wife, mother, and business owner to talk about everyday issues we all face to help you you change the dialogue in your life. Tune in every Thursday to I'm Not Your Shrink wherever you listen to podcasts. While I'm not your shrink, I am still human and I'm excited for us to be in our vulnerability and humanness together.